Hey there, here we are at episode 10 of season seven of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be interviewing Bill Jellin. Some of you may know him as Mr. Excel. And we're going to talk about how he got named Mr. Excel. And I'm sure it had a lot to do with the hundreds and hundreds of books, it seems like he's written and published over the years. So we're going to talk about how he kind of created that legacy and also how he's actually making money today, which you'll find very interesting. So let's go ahead and hear what Bill has to say. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Well, Bill, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, Terry, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, we talked, we were just like, before we started re- recording um, my, to my listener, we, Bill and I were trying to remember when we first, you know, got to know each other and had our conversation about him being on the show. And it was back in February of 2020, before all of the pandemic, you know, right. A whole happened, different world, right? a completely different world back then. Yeah, right. Yeah. But what's great about this show is it's timeless. No matter what's going on in the world, it's beneficial to you, the listener. So thank you for being here. And Bill, thank you for being here to share your stuff. Because let me tell you what, you, I was just like, I think I designed the season around you. <laughs> because you, seriously, no, you have created this like mini empire based on your expertise. And it's just, and you're leveraging it on a software platform that has literally given you the moniker Mr. Excel. Mr. Excel, so, right. Yeah. So talk about talk about that to my listener and, and explain how that happened. Right. So I, 30 years ago, I was working at a company and I was the guy who could get data out of the mainframe through Lotus 123 or Excel and get answers for people, right? That every day, just different answers. And so uh, people at work started calling me Mr. Excel and they kept saying, Hey, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I'm like, how, how will I ever write a book? And so I actually, this was 1998. The internet was so new. I, I was able to register Mr. Excel.com uh, and started a website there where I, uh, you know, said, Hey, send me your Excel questions. I will send you an answer. And then once a week, I'll write up the best answer, you know, so every week we'll have a new article on how to do something in Excel. And that has just taken off. Uh, we now have over a million questions answered there. Uh, oh my gosh! A, a tremendous. That's tremendous. that's hard to get my head around. I I know, right? And it was it's user generated content, so uh, people don't email me the questions anymore. They post it on a forum, and then other people uh, who are just bored at work, right, come in <laughs> and say, "Hey, I know the answer to that. Let me help you out." Oh my right? gosh! It's, it's it's incredible. Yeah, what you started is yeah. It's like you're a junior Google. <laughs> For yeah, Excel. Right. That's so funny. 
yeah, yeah, that's cool. But what what I want my listener to to pay particular attention to is that you jumped on something early, but mostly because you're answering questions. Right. And earlier this season, I had Marcus Sheridan on. We were talking exactly about content marketing and how you can really move yourself forward when you listen to your audience and you answer their questions because that's all they want. It's like, help me out. You know, it's like help a reporter out. Right. And so talk more about like what was driving your desire to to do this in books. And, you know, obviously you had the website going on, but right. but to keep publishing and to keep kind of you you did some co-authoring as well. And so talk a little bit about the whole publishing journey. So early on, I had the, the website and then there was an opportunity to leave work, right? They were moving out of town and they, they gave everyone a buyout offer. And I said, all right, I probably have enough traffic that I can start to trade time for money, right? I will hang a shingle out on the website saying, um, I will solve your Excel problems for, for cash. And that worked out fine, right? I was able to replace the old income at the old place. Life was great. Uh, but then I, I met uh, a lady at a marketing seminar uh, and she said, uh, you know, you're doing, you're, you're doing this all wrong. You're never going to be able to trade time for money. You have all of these people coming, getting their answer for free and only one, one hundredth of 1% are giving you any money. If you would have a $20 product, just go write a book, have a $20 product. You'll be amazed what happens. Right. And so that, uh, kind of put a gun to my head to go out and write the first book. And, you know, I hate rejection, so I wasn't going to send it to any of the big publishers. There's, you know, no way I'm going to send I'm that with you on that one. Right? Um, and so, you know, the first book, the first print run of the first book was done at CopyMax, which if you have Office <laughs> Max or Staples, <laughs> I right? I love it. Yeah. I printed 10. They were $10 each it. and I sold them for 20. Oh, um, I love it. Right. And then a second print run of 10. And then soon I found I could do a print run of 100 and they were only $4 each. Yeah. And, you know, the, cost the, per thousand the, drops, the more you, the yeah, more you print them. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, and it's fascinating people did start giving me $20, right? You know, not many people were doing the consulting. It was enough to make a living, but uh, we like quintupled, quintupled uh, the revenue just by having a book, right? I'm like, oh, hey, I get this. I'm not a consultant. <laughs> I'm I'm a book, I'm, I'm publishing books. That's my gig, right? And that was book number one. I'm like up to book number 61 now that I've written. Um, and it's funny, those publishers who I was afraid were going to reject me, you know, I had all five-star reviews. Uh, they came to me, right? You know, the, the people that I would have pitched to, uh, they came to me and said, hey, yeah, we see you're doing really good with this book. Would you write for us? Sure, I'll write for you. So I write for them and I write for me. That's way cool. Uh, yeah, and that, I've heard that happen before where people start out self-publishing and they get a, a like a superstar book and it goes crazy or they're do, they do a, and they do a great job marketing it. And what ends up happening is like, oh, they start getting the attention of Penguin right. and Wiley and, you yeah. know, all these yeah. houses that are like, oh, you've done all the work for us. So we're just going to cash in on you now. <laughs> the, you know, the, the problem with that, though, is once you get used to the money of self-publishing, boy, it's really hard to go take their contract um, for, you know, five or 10 percent royalty. Well, what that... has been the benefit from doing that, Bill? OK, so they have marketing um, marketing teams that I don't have, right? So they they can get the book uh, with some good promos. They also, like there was one book uh, in the Excel world, the number one book for each publishing house is a thousand page book. And to print a thousand page book, it's really, really expensive, right? I, mean, I, I, I generally would say I would never do that, but they can do that, 
right? Mm -hmm. So that's great. They warehouse that uh, and get those books out, right? And so I looked at that and said, all right, well, this is an opportunity to just maybe not make as much money, but have, you know, a, my name on one of the, the stellar books for Pearson uh, Publishing, right? So, you know, one of the, one of the big three. Um, yeah, so that, that was an opportunity. And I still, I still write for them. Um, yeah, you know, but I still also self-publish. So, and I'm happy to hear that too, because I'm sure that the work they're doing, marketing your books, are benefiting your self-publishing books. Sure, because right. people find an author they like and they want to get everything that they've written, um, you know, because right. they want to, you know, perpetuate that experience of, of good, reliable information from an author. Um, now, one of the things I did want to ask you is you've kind of attached yourself to a software application. Have you ever had any challenge with, I mean, on one hand, it could be a great thing because every time Excel has an update or does something different, you can basically cover it in a new book. So right. it's almost like this is a great thing. It's like a never ending, you know, yeah. funnel of creativity and, and publishing. But on the other, you know, it's also risky. I mean, Excel is one of the few programs that has outlasted. I mean, you said Lotus one, two, three. I remember using that when I worked at the newspaper yeah. years ago in the right. early nineties. And, and yeah, but it has outlasted pretty much, you know, Microsoft office has outlasted pretty much every other software around. Like I use a lot of creative software like Adobe and, but I remember Quark Express and then Adobe right. took it. It's yeah. like, so these software programs come and go. And I had a, a friend that I worked with at um, Marriott, and he used to have a software company. He said anytime they ran, anytime they ran low on cash, they'd put out an update and they'd make everybody buy the update. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, they were small potatoes, but I, I always remember that when he told me that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. But the days of of paying, you know, for software updates, that's kind of not really existent anymore. Everything's subscription based. Subscription. So that's 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 a problem for me. The subscription because it used to be very reliable. Every three years, a new version of Excel would come out, right? So you would rush to get the book out. It would come out, and then you could just kind of smooth sailing for two years until the whole thing started again. But now every Tuesday, there's a new version of wow. Excel, and so you know you put the book out, and then like a week later, it's a tiny bit obsolete. And then 50 weeks later, it's it's really kind of obsolete. So now I'm kind of doing a book every year, um, updating the book. Um, you know, and I, I originally thought maybe I would do a subscription model. You know, hey, just pay me for the book and then I'll send you ebook updates or something like that. But that, I just never got around to that. Well, um, it sounds like if they're doing that frequent of an update, that would be a lot of work for you. Yeah, and, and I guess what I do is I put the new stuff out on YouTube uh, and then kind of when it's time to update the book, I go back through the YouTube and see what was popular and uh, use that, you know, for material for the new book. You know, but mm -hmm. you're alluding to the big question you're alluding to is what happens, what Excel did to Lotus, what happens if Google Sheets does that to Excel, right? Then I'm in trouble, all right? Because it's Mr. Excel. Mm -hmm. It's not Mr. Google Sheets. And uh, yeah, I've, I've so far, so far I've been lucky miraculously lucky for 22 years that Excel has managed to remain dominant, uh, which yeah. is great, right? And there's 750 million people using Excel, and some of those are switching over to Google Sheets, but there's still a lot of people using Excel. Uh, so hopefully... Well, I, I don't think you're going to have any problem translating one to the other, but Excel can do stuff that Google Sheets cannot. Yes. But I, I get your point that right. you're trying to make. Yeah. Uh, your YouTube channel has over 13 million views. 
What is up with that? I don't know. I, you know, the the one thing that was really, really good is I started early. I started doing YouTube videos before there was a YouTube. And that was all because of one of the early books. I was a guest on a show called, on a channel called Tech TV, long mm-hmm. since gone. Uh, and I was going up there once a month to shoot four episodes for Tech TV. They'd give me six minutes. It was a great gig because at the end of the six minutes, they would hold up the book, you know, and you would see the book sales. Um, sell. And those people on that show were young and hip and talking about things that I'd never heard of. Like, that's the first place I heard Leo Laporte said, you should do an Excel podcast. And I did not understand what he was talking about. <laughs> right. But, you know, then the next month I'm like, what is this? And he, yeah. you know, he said, well, listen to mine. And uh, the co-host, Amber MacArthur, had a video podcast, a video podcast. There wasn't even a video iPod yet. Uh, and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, a video, <laughs> video iPod will come out. So the day that the video iPod came out, guess what? I was the top 10 podcaster on wow. iTunes because no one else was doing video podcasts on iTunes. You know, I, I was in the top 10 for like three weeks. Then NPR showed up and bam. And that was know, the end of that. That was the end of that. But still, top <laughs> 10 them. podcaster on iTunes. How cool is that? That's all just because I happened to be with the right crowd who said, yeah, oh, yeah, you should be timing. doing this. Yeah, but right. you paid attention back then, and you were curious, and that's sure. what makes the difference. I mean, right. you could have been like, oh, you young people, don't, you don't know crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then Amber said, oh, you should get a Twitter account. And Twitter, what's that? You should get a YouTube account. YouTube, what's that? You know, but like I have to credit Amber for just being the person saying, oh, this is the hot new thing. right? And I, I'm like, sure, great, sign me up. That Let's is go. awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, it's one thing to be given a suggestion. It's another to take action on it. Yeah. You know, back it's then like, I was hungry, young and hungry, yeah, and just yeah, we had energy sure back then, yeah. Right, yeah. all right. Yeah. Now we're looking for the hacks in the easy way, like, yeah. oh, what can I delegate? Right, TikTok, TikTok. No, what the heck is TikTok? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Know, right? Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I know, and and that's what we can count on with this whole internet, everything, internet of everything, really, is that there's always going to be something new next week that everybody's going to get all hyped up and jacked up about. So, but at the end of the day, it's like the true successful models, just like Excel, they have staying power, you know, like the advertising model, right? The time for money model, the subscription model. These are all models that actually work in the real world and they won't go away. And uh, it's, it's interesting to see how you've leveraged that just with the books and then expanding into these other areas. And you are, I think I said before we even got on this recording, that you're like a mini publishing empire. And, and that's how I look at it because it's publishing just isn't books. Publishing is everything you create and put out there through social media, print, uh, through books, podcasts, whatever, audio, any any channel, any medium, that is pu- you are a publisher when you're creating, yeah, and right. so yeah. so yes. when you when you look kind of like step back and look at all the <laughs> your empire basically, I mean, what are some of the things that go through your head when you think about all this stuff that you've done? Like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's funny. I so I publish other authors, um, not many, three per season, so three books in the spring and three books in the fall, six books a year. Um, but that all that all came out because I was subscribing to an industry magazine called Publishers Weekly, right? And, you know, they'd have reviews in Publishers Weekly, and I so desperately wanted to have one of my books in Publishers Weekly. But, you know, what are the odds of that? So I called and I bought an ad. I bought an ad to be on the side of that page where the reviews were. Uh, and the guy who took my money for the ad said, you know, if you're this serious, you should call these people in Chicago who will 
you know, warehouse your books and sell your books and get your books into Barnes and Noble and back then Borders and right. up in Canada chapters and in Indigo. Um, and so just that, that, that desire to have my book inside Publishers Weekly open that door with the distributor. Okay, so now I know how to print the books. I know how to get them to Chicago and I see how Pearson is getting books to market, right? And they are spending a lot of money, you know, like I think the number back then was $50,000 to get a book to market. Wow. And I look at me and I can get a book to market for $6,000 and I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm nimble. Mm -hmm. So I started going to my friends, the other people who write about Excel or blog about Excel or other Excel experts and saying, you know, hey, why don't we, you know, if you, why don't you write a book and I'll publish it for you, right? No hassles. I'll pay double what the other guys are going to pay, um, you know, and, and, and that worked out, right? We had just a lot of Excel experts and now not just Excel, but the other things like Power BI and Power Query, the things that are really popular and, and are, are growing. And I, I publish those books and they're all doing great. That's awesome. You know, so um, it's almost like you shifted from being a, a, you know, a thought leader and an expert in a vertical to a publishing company, like truly a publishing company. A very, very small publishing company. Yeah. yeah, but it's still the same thing. You know, we use the same editors that Pearson is using. We use the you know, same cover designers. It, it's still the same process, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the day that they're actually printing 2,000 of your books, I mean, it's printed on the same press that those guys are using. So it, it, for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing, Yeah. Um, just on a much smaller scale. So. Are you actively marketing to, to be a publisher for other folks, or is it more just like, hey, you know, this would benefit my readers, let's go ahead and, and get your book published? All right, so in Microsoft land, they have this great marketing scheme uh, where for each of their products, they nominate people who are known as MVPs, the okay. Microsoft MVP program. Those are the people that answer a lot of questions in the forums, do a lot of videos. And so in the Excel world, there's about 120 of us. Right. And pretty much now I'm limiting to publishing people who are Excel MVPs. Um, you know, so we're all generally friends, even though we're competitors. Um, and if one of them has a has a great book idea, you know, they know they can come to me and um, I'm quick. We'll, we'll get it out. And, you know, they'll have copies of their book that they can buy for practically nothing. Uh, and, you know, they'll, you know, they'll have a book right without having to deal with the hassles uh, of the other guys. Right. So, uh, you know, and the, like, here's an example, right? Mm -hmm. I, in one of your previous episodes, they were talking about the editor, you know, yes. getting the right editor. Mm -hmm. um, so I have an editor that I trust and it's very simple. I, I send her the manuscript and when it comes back, there's a button in Microsoft Word that's called accept all, right? I, I absolutely trust her. But other people, like I have a, a fellow in Australia who just despises everything she does, right? He, she he wants two spaces after a period and a comma no, or no, not a no. comma you know that right they just and i finally said well wait i'm not going to drive you insane if this you know you're australian if you, if you wanted to look australian send me the thing and we'll print it right and he's happy right at at pearson that would never happen they would yeah. they would pile more editors on to settle the arguments it's like no, <laughs> no this is okay <laughs> right you, i can understand what you're writing it's fine um you know, he's actually more particular than I am. Like he'll, you know, he'll look at my stuff and say, well, you know, that, that should be bold. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, I just want the Excel to be right, you know? And yeah. so, you know, that's fine. Any book that I get from him, I, I know it doesn't have to go through editing because he's already gone through it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we just break the rules, um, but it'll still sell. 
It's yeah, it sounds like you make the rules, though. You know, it's like I remember, you know, being in all the advertising and creative departments and, you know, before I started my own business and people would get so jacked up about a stupid little thing in a brochure or whatever. And I remember saying to one of my friends, it's just a freaking brochure. Right. <laughs> you get yourself over it so we can get it out. They're going to look at that for 10 <laughs> seconds and then go to the website or not go to the website, right? I That's know. it. Yeah, no one's going to, that word that you spent hours arguing over, no one cares. Yes, yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, we, we obviously want to put out a good product and we don't want to have all these speed bumps of issues that are easily fixed. Um, but, you know, sometimes right. it can get a little subjective. <laughs> People can get a little pissy about it, but that's really interesting. Now, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about, because you have such presence online, and it truly is niche. I mean, just even what you were sharing about these MVPs that you that come to you. I mean, are any of them publishers? I don't know, right? But more than likely, you're known for doing what you do, and that's why you're the go-to resource for them, which is incredibly niche as there, far as I'm concerned. There's a few others. So there's Excel MVPs, and then there's you know 50 different kinds of MVPs. And some of the other groups have people who have started publishing eBooks, particularly, because you don't have to print anything. You don't have to warehouse anything. eBooks are easier. Right. Um, so there's a few other people. But I think in Excel world, I'm probably probably the only person doing what I'm doing, I think. I don't know. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Whether you want to write a book to help build your business or it's simply a passion project, writing is a powerful form of creative self-expression. If your ideas will transform the lives of others, what are you waiting for? Let it pour out of you. A writer's journey is just that, a journey. Be honest, be real, and most importantly, be yourself. But if you're struggling to get it done, confused about how to tie it into your business, or dealing with a chronic creative block, get the guidance to get it done. If you want the creative fuel, the nurturing, and the challenge to make your book the best it can be, Pappy Club is the place for you. Join Pappy Club and discover how you can express your perspectives through something that strengthens your brand, your business, and supports the lifestyle you want. Try it for free by visiting pappyclub.com, and that's P-A-P-P-Y-C-L-U-B.com to sign up now, and I'll see you there. Yeah. But I love it. I just love what you've created for yourself. So in, in lieu of the fact that you have such a presence, you've basically monikered yourself Mr. Excel and, right. and made that like your brand, which is fabulous. And you've got the, you know, millions of views on YouTube. You've just got an, an incredible presence for people who are interested in what you're putting down, so to speak. Uh, you're also you've also de developed a new revenue stream because of that presence. So talk a little bit right. about that because I thought that yeah. was really cool about you know kind of what you're riding on the coattails nowadays. Yeah. So when we started, the website started literally using Notepad and a ten dollar a month plan. Right. I I bought a ten dollar a month server. Uh, you know, just a section of a server, and I would upload the stuff, and and life was great. And that that company in Pittsburgh. Um, one day called me on the phone and they said, what are you doing over there? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, your traffic is more than any other traffic on this $10 a month plan. I'm like, oh, really? What should you be charging me? He's like, we should be charging you $1,000 a month for that traffic. That was a big number, right? From going yeah, from 10 bucks jump. a month to $1,000 <laughs> a month. Uh, so that kind of took my breath away. But um, 
I started running ads on the website. And back then, the ads weren't smart at all. I, I remember there was one month where Radio Shack, do you remember Radio Shack? Oh my gosh, yes. Right. So, I mean, they decided that all the people using Excel must be tech nerds, right? And <laughs> it was a perfect fit. And they like bought all the ads for a month and maybe, I don't know, paid $1,600 or something like that. But I can't imagine that it would work, right? Because today the ads are so smart. Mm -hmm. You know, if you come to my website and I show you an ad, it's going to be an ad for something that you had in your shopping cart three days ago and then you didn't buy, right? right? It's, it's targeted to you. The adver yeah. advertising people have gotten so smart yeah. now. Uh, so, you know, every time, uh, every time that you, you Google an Excel problem and you end up at my site, um, if you're not a member, if you're not signed in, you're just there. And we found that 98% of the people aren't signed in. They're just coming and getting their answer and then leaving. Um, we show them a few ads, a couple of ads. Yeah. Right? So Depending that revenue is pretty substantial though, it, isn't it, it? It really is. And it's funny. I, you know, I, I think about it when I'm reading, let's say the New Yorker, right? I notice the ad because the content moves down the page as the ad yeah, loads. They kind of force noise. it on you. <laughs> right. But I never click on anything. You know, I, I don't really click. And so you would think, well, this isn't going to work, but it works. You know, if 1% of a million people click an ad, all of a sudden it's a big number. Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, yeah, today that I think we have like 800,000 pages indexed in Google, 800,000. Jeez Louise, uh, that's incredible. It, yeah. And so, like I know, said, you're like junior Google. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So those ads really, uh, really really help and during the whole pandemic the people still kept coming the traffic didn't fall off people were still coming the the advertisers weren't paying as much mm -hmm. uh, so we saw a drop in ad revenue but it never you know it bottomed out at maybe 50 percent or something and it's coming back um, because the advertisers still want to sell things and uh, yeah just having all of those pages and and the ability to run ads um, you know it certainly pays for all the bandwidth and a, a great web guy that keeps everything running smoothly that, yeah. that became an issue. Definitely need to have him on the payroll for sure, especially yeah. if you're getting that kind of traffic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the new things that you've got on the horizon? I mean, you, it sounds like you've got, you know, your books that you publish every year and, you know, what you're doing just to keep up with Excel and things like that. And I mean, it, what are some of the things that are like, you know, or are you basically in homeostasis where you're like just kind of keeping all the lights on and enjoying the the process of what you've created I, i'm i'm such a geek i i will get i will get sucked down a path by the stupidest most trivial thing like i on my youtube channel i wanted to sell a shirt right so i put a shirt up there and i bought i bought a shirt and it came and it's not a nice shirt it's it, it's it, i think it's 50 50 cotton and sandpaper right it's the worst <laughs> shirt ever oh, no. <laughs> and i'm like i don't want to sell this i wouldn't wear this shirt i wouldn't want any of my people to wear this shirt why would i why would i do this to them so then i went and found out that there's someone who has better shirts but you have to have a hundred thousand subscribers and i don't i only have ninety one thousand subscribers so now i'm just going crazy trying to get more youtube subscribers just so i can get a better shirt i could probably go down to the mall and buy a really high quality shirt <laughs> and just we'd be done um but you know now that that's my current obsession which is insane because it's not going to make me any money right but i just want to have a better shirt so that that's been consuming <laughs> that's me hilarious. for three weeks i know right <laughs> at and least then, you're honest <laughs> yeah I, I had an idea this past weekend well hey i have some swag and i'm going to give the swag away to my subscribers right i get a lot of people it, it, youtube tells you it's uh what is the number like 90 percent of the people watching my videos aren't subscribers only 10 percent are subscribers so i want to reward those people um, 
it's not easy to download your YouTube subscribers. There's an API, but it doesn't work. Right? <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh, so then I, then I discovered that I could get 50 at a time and suck them and paste them into Excel, but the formatting was terrible. So oh, I spent geez. six hours this past Saturday downloading all my subscribers. But now, all of a sudden, I have a database of all the subscribers. And now here's a video where I choose three winners. Um, you know, and you look at that and say, it was socks. It was Excel socks. Microsoft sent me 12 pairs of Excel socks. Had I thrown those away, like my whole weekend would have been awesome. I would have been out, you know, just enjoying the sunshine. But instead, <laughs> because of these stupid socks, but that's okay. You know, I, it's like I'm proud of the fact that I now have an Excel database of 38,000 subscribers, one of the public ones, right? But still, it's a big number, and you can start to see yes. when they subscribed. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know I, I, I get obsessed these young these young YouTube creators, they are getting more subscribers than I. I never thought to ask for subscribers. I never asked, right? Never. I, here's my video. I never answered comments. You know, it's so like I'm creating the content. You you have fun with that, yeah. right? Engagement's you know? kind of important. It is, yeah. Like they're 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 they are they are running circles around me. I'm like, oh. So okay. are you being more direct in your call to action? Oh of, yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, just watch to a couple of Neil Patel's videos and you'll you'll figure it out. He does a so, great job. I have another data set that I just got two weekends ago of every comment, right? 58,000 comments that have been left on the channel. And I ran an Excel pivot table, sorry to geek out here, that shows for each person the first day they commented and the last day they commented, right? So I can see the people who have been around for the longest amount of time. And you know what shocked me? What? My first comment, the very first comment was in 2009. My first comment was until 2017. For eight oh, years, no I, way. I did not engage with that channel at all, right? So now, this is how OCD I am. I did the math. I said, if I go and answer 15 comments a day in 19 years, I can have them all answered. <laughs> okay? And I started. I, I honestly, yeah, you did I honestly, the math all right. <laughs> I, I started. I'm I starting to wonder about you, I, Bill. <laughs> I, I, answered, I answered 15 the first day. Not all from 2009. I did one from each year. And then I get some guy who's pissed off. He said, I'm unsubscribing. You took 10 years to answer my comment. Oh. <laughs> he says, that's it. I'm out. I'm like, what? So I stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years to answer my comment. <laughs> but to me, it was just hilarious. And I have a, a friend, another so funny. YouTube creator. And what I did is I, I, I found one of his comments from every year, 2009 on up. And I answered just because he would get pinged with a notification. I wonder how long it would take him until he realized that I was, you know, just playing with him, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh so God, he took it well. But this other guy is like, you took 10 years to answer. Well, at least I finally answered, right? Yeah. You know? Hello. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> and if yeah. it was that important to you, yeah, then maybe you should have solved just... it by now. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you've that... been waiting, <laughs> go, My go. Excel doesn't even else. do that anymore. Why right. do you care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so too the, funny. The ad revenue coming in and the book, you know, you write a book once and it keeps selling. Yeah. That allows me to do a lot of things that probably are silly, but fun. I'm having fun. And, you know, that's, that's, was always my rule. As long as you're having fun, like, don't worry. I never Amen. check the numbers. I, I don't run any PL. I get an ATM statement from the bank. And uh, as long as that number is going up, that's, I, I don't, I don't focus on anything. I don't worry about, you know, the number of subscribers or traffic or anything. I just have fun. And if you have fun, especially when your audience is 750 million, um, that's a that's a big number. You know, I always think about Coke and Pepsi, the classic marketing. You know, Coke 
at 47% and Pepsi at 46%. Yeah, if I could sell to 0 0.001 of those 750 million, if I could sell each of those a $20 book, yeah, that's it. I never have to work again, right? Yeah. You know, to try and get one one hundredth of a percent market share, yeah, it's it's not that hard, I guess. So it's great to have that big of an audience, 750 million people. allows you to probably have a lot of slop and still, still, uh, still, well, make a living having fun. Yeah, well, I think you've you've really portrayed yourself in such a way, and you do put yourself out there, even though you might have not answered those questions. You're just by the production of content that you're that you're putting out in the world is like people are like it's like a constant stream of information that's there to help. And I think that that you said something earlier about um, the subscribers. Uh, you know, I've I've noticed behavior on YouTube that. YouTube's becoming the how-to, right? So if you want a how-to do this, I mean, even simple things, right? right? And, you know, around the house and stuff like that, um, to very complex things. People will go, they'll just Google it, but they'll click on videos. and Or they'll go right to YouTube and they'll just type in, how do I do this? And it's really interesting because I think so much of your content is around serving that. That's why you're not getting the loyal subscribers. That plus you're not asking as well. But... Um, because they're getting their answers right away and then they're not thinking the be what is the right. benefit of being a subscriber yeah. and so it's a different way to look at at youtube right so depending on what your goals are with youtube and how you want to use the channel um you know if you're monetizing it or if you're doing something where you're just like using it to host videos i mean i know people just use it to host videos they don't really want to you know gain subscribers per se i mean they're just like it's like a free vimeo for them um, so everybody has a different reason, business, you know, case for it and stuff. But what you what you've created just through the sheer volume is because you're answering those questions that they have, and and you're actively doing it in a lot of places on your site, through the books, through you know your channels, your social channels. So um, I think that's great. And you got to jump on, you know, everybody. It was and yeah, and that, and that, that that's a big reason why you've got those big big numbers, man. Yeah. Because you've been at this and you haven't given up. You haven't yeah. given up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. I haven't given up. And it's fun. Nothing brightens my day more than a good Excel question and then accidentally discovering something new. Uh, you know, there's there's a new feature that's due out in Excel. Like, I know this feature, and every day I go check, right? The day that that feature drops, like, I, I'm dropping whatever I'm doing to have a video. I'm going to be, like, within an hour, I'll have a video up about that I feature. I'm that. just so excited about that. And I've been... Like, I know it's coming. I know it's there, but I'm under NDA, so I can't say what it is. But for the past month, every time I do a video and I know that this feature would solve it, I say, oh, you know, it would be so good if Microsoft would just give us this, right? And the day that that comes out, I'll say, look, I just asked for this a month ago, and bam, here it is, right? I, I will love that day. And I that's will. a good reason to have them subscribe because yep. you can tease stuff out, right. and then they can be the first to know because you're the first to know yeah. and the first to tell everybody about it. But you got to be a subscriber. <laughs> right. Oh, that's awesome, Bill. I mean, I, I just I love everything you've created. It's such a unique situation um, in your business. And and my favorite part of the whole conversation is how you light up. I mean, my listener can't appreciate this like I, I am right now, but how you light up when you talk about, you know, getting that great question and just being being in a space where you're having fun. And that is that is the wonderful thing about being a solopreneur is we are driving the bus, right? And we have a full choice in what we're doing, how we're doing it, who we work with, et cetera. But we also have the choice to to make it about having fun. 
Yes. And, you know, everybody's different. You know, some people are out to, you know, ring the cash register. And, and that is important part about it. I mean, that's how fun can happen, right? <laughs> we sure. get the yeah. revenue yeah. to actually have right. fun. But, you know, if you've got that spirit and that attitude that you have, I think that everything will just fall into place. And I can see why you've had so much success. And uh, so let me just ask one final question or actually a two-parter. So what about your business do you want to simplify? Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. It's the various steps in book production. There's a lot. There's a copy mm. editor and I can't do that because I, I don't, I didn't pay attention in English class well enough to be a copy editor, but there's an indexer, there's layout. And I find myself, you know, I'm a tech guy, so I'm happy to open InDesign and actually just spend an insane amount of time um, perfecting the layout. You know, I, I really, I, I want a physical book where the two page spread, the left page and the right page, there's a complete idea on that spread. And you would never have a paragraph at the bottom of the right page that's referring to a figure on the next page. That's just horrible, right? So I will spend a lot of time lovingly trying to get that book so that way the reader of the physical book, the person who's still buying the book, has a great experience with that book. Um, and so, you know, three books a year, or three books a season, that's six, six times where you're probably spending two weeks a book, um, you know, just doing really, really tiny, tiny work. And uh, the, the last book, I just hired that out, right? I had someone else do that. Uh, and I didn't have to spend those two weeks. And that felt really good to not have to spend those two weeks. Good. So you're and, already simplifying that process. Right, yeah. So just trying to find uh, people that can do some of those really mundane things, you know. But the way are, you want it. Yeah. I, yeah, I faced that right. as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, that's the particulars. Right. about it for sure and then the second part of the question is what in your business would you like to multiply oh well, i just need another nine thousand youtube subscribers so i can get a better shirt <laughs> right i mean really <laughs> that's that's it uh, then I'll, I'll i'll be happy um yeah i don't know you know and every day every day you think of some crazy idea right and just say oh well wouldn't it be fun if we did this right and then i, I keep my to-do list in excel of course and you know, you just get this stuff in there, and if it still sounds like a good idea in two weeks, then maybe it actually gets done. There you go. Yeah. That's a good way to prioritize stuff, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> Give it some fermentation time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great, Bill. Thank you so much for uh, just a great conversation, and I hope my listener took away the the spirit and the energy that, that comes with all of that you've created in your business. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, it's been great. Thanks, Terry. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.